0: Welcome to SME Radio. In this episode of Mid-Market Matters, I'm joined by Jan Cavell. Jan joins us all the way from the south coast of the United Kingdom, where she tells me it's freezing cold, snowing at the moment. But she's a uh, freelance writer and author, and she's got a book coming out to Australia very soon that we're going to talk about shortly. And it's all about avoiding the pitfalls of growth. Jan, firstly, thank you for joining us. My pleasure, Craig. It's lovely to be here. Now you've got quite a history of running various businesses and so on, but you've really focused on this issue of avoiding the growth pitfalls. I have. Why is that so important? Why is that so important to you?
1: Well, I I investigated it because I got stuck myself um, in growing a business and. Um, you know, uh, and and so I got very familiar. I, I sort of got in a state where I was, go you know, increasing turnover, decreasing turnover, getting stuck up, you know, up again. And I bashed my head against the wall for a long, long time. And... I, I found that talking to other entrepreneurs, it's it's something that so many people get stuck with. Um, You know, they get to a certain stage and then, you know, and everything is going swimmingly and they're all overexcited with growth. And and then everything just stagnates and goes wrong on them. And the Mm. the more I talk to people,
0: the more fascinated I became as to why it was. Interesting. uh, And I think you're quite right. I mean, I talk to people all the time who spend years, most of them, trying to get to a point where they're growing and then they get growth and then they go, oh, shit, now what do I do? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly that. (laughs) I
1: I think there's so many reasons for it, having talked to people. But yeah, you know, um, I mean, for me, I did, you know, I was, well, I was very lucky or I was very strong in sales. You know, so that was never the issue, which is, of course, for a lot of people, um, you know. But but that said, there's, there's an awful lot of other pitfalls you can hit. Um, you know, it isn't just sales. Um, and there's, there's so many things, which I know we're going to talk about tonight, that, you know, can give people problems with growth, which sounds crazy. Because, of course, it, it, you know, it's it's the elixir, the, you know, the magic potion that yeah. every business.
0: <laughs> you people don't think it solves it. all problems you know you grow your business yeah. get enough income everything will be fine but of course that's not you talk in the book about the big leap from sort of one to ten million dollars which is right in this mid-market segment we're talking to and about um, but let's go through some of the key things you've sort of put some key things here together around what are the important things and you start with strategy saying strategy is absolutely crucial tell us about that why is strategy such an important issue I think strategy is a hugely important issue. I think
1: so many people, uh, you know, not so much with the people who've gone through maybe an accelerator or something like that, but are very focused from growth from sort of set up zero. But the majority of people who've started a business think, you know, I just grow and then things are going to be going to be great and I'm going to grow some more and it's just going to be more of the same. Whereas, in fact, of course, the whole thing morphs into an entirely different thing as you get bigger, um, you know, and and you separate off and everything else. And if you do it without strategy, you haven't got any of the right things in place to sustain that growth. Uh, You know, the people probably most of all, um, Mm. but you know, things like systems and all the other bits that go with it. So unless you've got a really sound strategy in all directions you're never going to be able to sustain it you know however fancy your sales
0: are or anything else yeah absolutely and you mentioned people let's talk about people Uh, one of the things you're very focused on is getting the right people around you getting the right senior team and then ultimately you know at some point when do you get the ceo etc let's talk about that I think I mean people people are probably the thing that
1: came up the most in all my talks and all my research as the biggest stumbling blocks. You know, there were lots, but people, people was was the one that stuck out. Mm. And, you know, I think it's it's very hard because often with gross, it's a sort of chicken and egg that you um, start off growing and you think, well, you know, when I'm big enough, I'll get the right people. And then, of course, you need them now and you haven't got them or you're trying to make do with people you've always had because you think that's the right thing to do and they don't know enough about what to do. So either way, but, you know, you can't muster up the people in a hurry. So, so, you know, somehow you've got to plan, not just plan ahead, you've got to find the right people and you've got to find the finance for the right people to have them in place ahead of the growth, which is a sort of juggling act, I think. that a lot of people, mm-hmm. including myself, get wrong, um, you know, to, to get the right order of things for people has to come first. That that key, key right hand and left hand,
0: at least. And it's certainly a timing issue, isn't it? Because if you go and get the right people too early, you've suddenly got a massive salary bill that you'd have to that's cover right. before the growth comes. Exactly.
1: Yeah, It's it, like I say, it's really hard to hit just that right moment. And then, you know, you mentioned CEO, and I think that's – Really hard because I think um, an increasing number of founders, you know, on their LinkedIn profiles, I mean, probably people are going to hate me for this, but are putting, you know, founder and CEO, you know, as if the two are for the same thing, and they're not, of course, for very different skill sets, Uh, Mm -hmm. and you can't necessarily leap from being a founder and CEO, and I think it's a shame that you should want to. You know, I think founders are are fantastic and we wouldn't have any businesses if it wasn't for founders. They're amazing, they're inventive, they're great, but they're not necessarily the right people to be CEOs. You know, they may well get bored with the nitty gritty. They may not be leaders in in the sense that a CEO needs to be all sorts of things. It's a very different different skill set. And I don't think that's... Made clear in the expectations of running a business clear, you know, well enough. Um, partly because uh, I, I don't think we we celebrate founders enough and say how damn brilliant they are.
0: That's really interesting because it is often, you know. And I'm I'm going to check my LinkedIn profile. I'm pretty sure I've actually got that on my profile. Something <laughs> like that.
1: Hard to make friends and influence people. Well done. No, man. but
0: it's a really interesting point because it is a different skill set you know, getting a business up from the ground when nothing exists and coming up with a product and pricing and customers and marketing. And that's a, that's a skill set of its own. But then when you've got Absolutely. a business that turns over a couple of million dollars and you're saying, okay, now we've got to chase debtors and we've got to have systems to manage payroll. And that's a different skill set. It's a different type is, of person. Yeah, it is.
1: I mean, you know, there are people, and I'm not just saying that to make peace, but there are people <laughs> who make the transition, but, you know, an awful lot don't. And, and or they try to, and actually they're miserable. Because, you know, they don't want that sort of uh, job, you know, but they have to execute as a CEO. It's due every day. They like the hustle of starting.
0: And, I mean, I know from my experience, I love meetings to do with strategy, product development, new ideas, new markets, expanding internationally. And then I sit in a work-in-progress meeting and go through client-by-client the projects, and I'm ready to rip my hair out. Like, it's just not my world. (laughs) Exactly,
1: Yeah. That's right. And, and you know, they're sitting there feeling slightly guilty and wondering why, mm. why it's so boring, you know, <laughs> whereas if they'd been, you know, sort of praised enough for being a founder and it was more accepted that founders walked away, you know, with huge congratulations, huge financial rewards and did something else then I think, you know, companies would do a lot better and funders would be a lot happier
0: and and go on and invent more wonderful businesses a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great model. So we've talked about people and and you said before that a lot of businesses that you've looked at in your research and so on, people is always a key issue. Um, Staff retention here is a big issue for us. We've got a very tight labour market. Um, Tell us about staff retention and why that's such a big barrier. Well, I think you know it's it's
1: got worse, I think you know I mean gone are the days when people took a took a job for life and you know that mm. was it and they, they thought it was great because they'd got a career that was going to be sustainable for life. People don't think like that anymore. I think the you know people in their 30s perhaps now have seen uncertain job markets. Maybe parents have made redundant, you know, they're looking to skill themselves for life. So they you know, they're viewing a job as entirely a different thing. I think they're viewing it as part of their life experience, as part of a way to get skills to protect mm. themselves for the future. You know, and I think as employers, we have to view it as very differently. We have to nurture our um, our staff. We have to obviously inspire them to be with us. But we also have to think, you know, we've got to make this worthwhile for them as part of their life journey, not just worthwhile because it's a good job but actually that they're getting um, you know a, a good life experience and something that will equip them for the future hopefully with us, maybe with a different career with us, I mean that's become more usual that we offer skills mm. within a company but they can progress with different skills within the company which, which one wouldn't have done in the past but it's got to be so much more focused on getting it right for the member of staff, but much, much more so than it ever used to be.
0: Yeah, and I think, do you think it's related as well? I mean, certainly there's a gig economy that people are growing up with now where they can work for Uber, you know, a couple of hours a day in the middle of the yeah. night if they want to, but they don't have to work next week. It's, not, it's, it's a very transient style of employment, uh, which is a good thing for a lot of people because it's very flexible. Yeah. But I think that creates a difficulty when you're talking about long-term staff retention.
1: I think it is, actually, and I think it's very difficult for some companies to adapt. I mean, I think it depends a lot on the sector, you know, and their pluses and minuses. You know, I was talking to actually an Australian entrepreneur not so long ago, and he was saying, you know, which is so true, you know, you can live in a country town somewhere and yet be working for a global Um, corporation in san francisco now you know it's it's much less geographically bound but that doesn't apply to every company and you know because i mean you can't do that in manufacturing for example yeah um you know clearly um you know so so lots of issues uh, lots of sectors rather are still bound by the same old rules whereas others can play with different ones which is terribly hard i think
0: Mm. Um, you know, because
1: mm. it makes salt sectors more attractive, perhaps, to, to the
0: people you're talking about. Yeah, correct. Um, it's interesting. So, look, we talked about growth. And I think, you know, we did a survey here with the SME Association of Australia uh, last year. And the number one thing that entrepreneurs are looking for is tools, expertise, advice to grow, just grow right. their revenue. But not not many people at all responded, I want to grow my profits or I want to improve my margin or I want to increase profitability. People sort of think that'll happen automatically in the background. And it's almost like I know you call it, your terminology is taking your eye off the profits. Um, Tell us about that. How do people get sucked into that trap?
1: I think it's really easy to do. You know, as you say, I think that people think it will be automatic. You know, they think growth is this magic elixir that will bring wealth, happiness and, you know, um, (laughs) eternal success. Whereas, of course, you know, it can be absolute disaster. I mean, I'm going up to sort of back 45 staff, I think it was, you know, and and I was saying to somebody today, I was saying, you know, and it sounds great, but in actual fact, we hadn't got right management or right systems. So, I mean, you know, sort of probably a third of them were standing around bored and doing nothing all day and just running up a salary bill you know, which is a good example, you know, and, mm. and yet, you know, a little bit of me was thinking, oh, cool, you know, I've got 45 staff now, you know, this is jolly exciting, you know, and that's an, a very good example of how stupid you can be over growth, Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but we're convinced that it's, it's you know, it's growth for growth's
0: sake, it's such an easy trap to fall into.
1: Yeah, and of um, course it
0: does, you know, we talked before about timing, bringing on new people, the, the costs of having those people, yeah. if you get that get that wrong and you're trying to grow too quickly that's growth is expensive it needs cash flow and absolutely. capital to fund the growth so you can get in trouble very very quickly if you're not uh, keeping your eye on the profits absolutely Definitely. i guess look we're in the middle of you know a, a global pandemic certainly in the united kingdom you've had a lot worse time of it than we've had of it here um touch wood that continues but it's been difficult for businesses everywhere um Planning for the future. I mean, you know, not many people talked about or saw a pandemic coming. Um, Not many people were ready and we saw lots of people got caught out with inability to have employees working from home, et cetera, et cetera. How do we plan for the future to sort of protect this growth we're talking about?
1: it's funny isn't it you know um because it's so, we used to always have our business plans forever and a day long and now you know it's it's a real reality that we can't be absolutely sure what's happening you know i think um the, the risk factor has to be a very different. I think we now acknowledge that there's a good chance there will be other pandemics and we could be hit. So you know, much more flexible business models, definitely more flexible on staff, where they are, and much better communications. Um, you know, everything about de-risking, but equally, we've got to build businesses, businesses of a way out to, for economies to survive through this. So it's that mm. like balance.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? There, there's always, you've talked several times, you've used the word balance a lot, balance between <laughs> growth and getting new staff on, yeah. you know, planning for the future and dealing with what's happening today. There's a lot of balance in this. It's a, it's a real juggling act. Yes. Um, tell us about the book. You've written a book. Um, it's coming out. It's not in Australia yet. its It's out in the UK, I believe that's right it's out in the uk it's out on
1: kindle um so you can get it in australia we can get it um, you can't get the hardback yet but yes it's called scale for success and it features 30 global entrepreneurs including six from australia which i i I love working with australian entrepreneurs i think are absolutely amazing so it's a huge pleasure to me that six of them are in the book great and it's all about all about growth, or you know, particularly the the problems and and the solutions that uh, all various different areas of, of of growth during that one to ten
0: million leap. Yeah. Okay. And so the book uh the book's called Scale for Success, and it's published by Bloomsbury, and it'll be here right. it's a hard copy anyway in July, but yep. electronic copies are obviously available now. Um, before we wrap up, your number one tip for mid-market business owners to be successful? I think I've had a think about this one, and
1: I thought I would say that um, really you need a really clear strategy uh, that's going to get you to where you want, not where you think other people think you should be. Um, (laughs) Because I think that's a big distinction. It's an important
0: distinction, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: Uh, and it
0: needs to be inspiring enough to take the team with you. Fantastic. Jen, thanks for joining us. I know it's very late in the UK at this time of night and it's very cold, snowing in fact, so we won't keep you any longer, but it's been fantastic to have you on board. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for listening to Mid Market Matters. I hope you found this episode helpful and informative for your business. To find out more, go to midmarketmatters.com.au. And to download other episodes, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening.